a tough day. This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken <clears throat> an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, <clears throat> took the lives of American service members, standing guard at the airport, and wounded several others seriously. Rough day yesterday. Um, the attack happened as we were live on the air. Unfolding details happened throughout the day yesterday. And as it stands right now, about 60 people dead, Afghans, uh, 13 U.S. servicemen uh, also killed in the attack on the Kabul airport. Yesterday, uh, multiple attacks. Um, the president came out yesterday and gave an address. Uh, we'll get into a lot of that at, right at the top of things. Um, also, because the news doesn't stop, got a story in the SCOTUS ruling on the CDC's eviction mandates, as well as another interesting study on COVID that came out of Israel. Uh, all of that and more. Again, we'll talk about the bombing yesterday and then President Biden's address right at the top of this thing because it was not good uh, by any stretch of the imagination. The bombing and then also the administration's response. Uh, we'll get all of that straight away on this episode of The Joe Bob Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. It starts right now. Three, two, one. Live from a dingy bunker completely cut off from the outside world, except for you fine folks. My name is Joe Bob. This is The Joe Bob Show. Today is Friday, August 27th, year 2021, when everything is supposed to go back to normal. Everything is supposed to be different. 2021, unfortunately, that has not been the case. Yesterday, the United States, um, as well as the people of Afghanistan, suffered a brutal bombing attack in Kabul, the Abbey Gate of the uh, airport there in Kabul. Um, so far, the official numbers are around 60, but there's that is expected to go way up as more information comes, including 13 U.S. military servicemen uh, killed in that bombing in Afghanistan. Then the president came out, and honestly, and, and this is not a partisan thing. Uh, it was just embarrassing. Um, how weak he looked. A couple things that he said that I agreed with, honestly, but overall, a dismal performance by the President of the United States, Joe Biden. We'll get into all of that stuff straight away, along with a couple other stories that are relevant and you should know about uh, later on in the show. But before we get into any of that, I do have to tell you about capitalist propaganda. Uh, Catalyst Propaganda is the best way to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Uh, it's up to you to spread capitalist propaganda to help defeat the empire. This is the shirt I'm wearing today, just promoting capitalism, because apparently we have to do that nowadays. Everything is on its head in today's modern world, uh, including an attack on capitalism. Uh, you're welcome, love capitalism and capitalism rocks. All of the fun stuff, uh, capitalism-related over at capitalistpropaganda.us. Uh, also, there's these hilarious stickers. I know it's kind of a somber note today, um, but check these out. These are the gas price stickers. 
just one more thing we can pile on to the Biden administration. Gas prices are through the roof. We did it, Joe. Gas prices higher than Hunter Biden. Uh, do you miss me yet? The Donald Trump sticker. But head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us where you can get all of the gear that tells your friends that their socialist idea is totally suck. Capitalistpropaganda.us. Now, before we get into the clips, there's a lot of clips that we're going to play that we have queued up from the Biden address yesterday. It was not good. Um, Yesterday, in my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of other people, both conservative and liberal, was that Joe Biden proved that he is not fit for the job of president of the United States and commander in chief of the U.S. military. And this is not a really a decisions thing. This is a competence thing. Whatever veil he had over being a a competent sitting individual, remember he's he's almost eighty years old. And yesterday, yesterday's address was a humiliating day for the presidency as a whole. And again, this is not a partisan thing. Of I, I disagree with Joe Biden because he wants health care for all, or you know whatever that crap. That that's not what this is. This was Joe Biden giving address to the American people in a way that didn't make anybody feel any more safe. In a time where we needed strong, decisive leadership, an older, cognitively degenerating individual came up and gave a whispery, quiet address and then did some weird things at the press conference when he was asked to take questions. Uh, And this is like, I'm not happy about this. This is not good for America. Again, regardless of what you think Joe Joe Biden policy wise, this doesn't reflect good on us on the international stage, just as his ability to do the job. Again, politics aside, partisan ideas aside, whether or not you agree with him on whatever policy, the border, healthcare, crime, any of that stuff, is is not really factored into the picture here. It's can he project the strength of the United States on the global stage and on the domestic front? And the answer to that by yesterday's address is no, he can't. And this is this is I, I, I'm not, I wish he was in a better cognitive place. Honestly, this is not a partisan thing. This is not a ha ha conservatives. We we got one on him. It's not. I genuinely would have liked to see a strong, powerful individual come out and tell the world we're not going to take any of that. That's not what happened yesterday. He looked like a weak old man through the entire part. If you listen to the beginning part, we'll play that again. But Joe Biden, even coming out of the gates, did not look like a leader of the United States. Um. Having said that, he did say some things that I agreed with. Uh, He made a point during his speech. We don't have the clip of it because it's kind of irrelevant. I'll just explain it to you. He basically said, did you think that we, us being there, do you think we would be there if it weren't for 9-11? And that's a point that I understand. We are in Afghanistan because of 9-11 to keep the Taliban at bay. And that's fine. Now, having said that, if 9-11 didn't happen, 
The Taliban would still be in power in Afghanistan and would have been over the last 25 years. There are places that suck all over the world, and we don't go in and try and change them. The only reason we were in Afghanistan in the first place is because 9-11. And to try and keep the Taliban at bay to protect the domestic home front, which pretty much everybody agreed at the time we should do. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is Joe Biden did make some decent points as to, look, sometimes the rest of the world sucks to be in, and we don't go fix every one of those. That's not to say that I... I Agreed with everything, but there are some things that I, you know, was interested to hear him say. We don't try and go fix the places that Boko Haram occupies in Africa or certain parts of Southeast Asia. Some places just suck, and I, I don't know what we're supposed to do it do about it as the United States and as taxpayers, but. We'll get into the clips straight away. Here's some of, uh, we'll start off from the beginning where, where the show started off, um, if you were watching. So let's, uh, let's listen to Joe Biden's speech yesterday. A tough day. This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, <clears throat> took the lives of American service members, standing guard at the airport, and wounded several others seriously. He had also wounded a number of civilians, and civilians were killed as well. Um. Dang it, man, it, it doesn't like it doesn't make me excited to have a president that is so feeble. You can just tell as he's coming out of the gate. That's not good. He's an he's an old man and it's going to happen to all of us. I don't want to knock him for that, for being an older man. But what Joe Biden showed yesterday was the fact that he's clearly not capable of handling the stress that comes with the Oval Office, and everything that comes with being the president and the commander-in-chief. It was extremely apparent yesterday that, again, Joe Biden is not fit for the job at hand. He, was, he seemed tired. He seemed, and maybe that's because he's been in meetings all day, which I hope he has been, but we also, given this presentation, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We can talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, he did say, this is probably the thing that I, I wanted him to say, and I agreed with him saying this, and I'm glad he did. Uh, we'll discuss afterward, but listen to this from Joe Biden yesterday's during his uh, As well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. So, honestly, that, that was something that I, I wanted the president to say, and I'm glad he said it. There was some tough talk saying, if you screw with us, we are going to find you and we will kill you. That's what people like Dan Crenshaw have been saying that the Biden administration be saying for the last several weeks. But finally, on, on a 
positive note, maybe the only positive note throughout this entire address, Joe Biden did talk tough. Now, here's the problem. A lot of military analysts, military experts, whatever you want to call them, are saying, that's great, but what can we do? Mike Lyons was on a radio station earlier this morning and said, what are the cha- was asked, what are the chances we're going to be able to hit back? Uh, he said, zero. With what resources and where? Are we going to launch cruise missiles? And where would we launch them to? We don't really know who the enemy is mixed in with all of the civilians in Kabul and in Afghanistan. So while I at least appreciate the tough talk coming from the president saying that if you have any desire to hurt the United States, we will find you and we will hunt you down. While I appreciate it, and we should all appreciate the tough talk coming out of the Biden administration, unfortunately, that same Biden administration has put us in a position to where that tough talk and backing up that tough talk is essentially impossible. According to people like Mike Lyons, former CBS military analyst, and a bunch of military analysts around the country. Again, we appreciate the sentiment, but at the same time, <laughs> what, what can we do? Realistically, what, what can we do? I guess we can go out of the airport and, and start finding people and bringing them back, but we have no idea who's in charge of ISIS-K or regular ISIS or who Taliban are versus who isn't in the country. It's so complicated. We can't just send airstrikes to downtown Kabul. It's just not possible. Appreciate the tough talk, President, Mr. President, but uh, unfortunately, you've put us in a position to where it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, this is what's probably made the most headlines, uh, what we were talking about yesterday off the show online. Um, this comment from the president, which I, listen. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Holy cow. Um, Look, first things first, the president of the United States doesn't have to answer to anyone. I don't know who they is, but Joe Biden, call on whoever you want to call on, first of all. Now, having said that, and just so that we're making sure we're being fair here, because I don't like winning unfair arguments that doesn't do us any good. Just so that we're being fair, there are instances where the administration and their communications staff tells the president, hey, We haven't called on this person in a while, or maybe this person over here is going to be a more friendly question. Maybe give them a try. This is like beyond that. Again, that happens, but this is not that. Joe Biden said that, aside from that, he also read the marching orders. He read the stage direction, which you don't do. And he's done this several times. So on top of the fact that he can... He should, the president of the United States should be able to call on anybody, do whatever he wants during a presser. He's not. He's being told by whoever they are. We don't know who they are. And two, telling us that he's doing that. Like I said, this is this, this whole 
address and press conference yesterday, while I'm sure the president had good intentions, was just a clear example that he's not fit to serve in the capacity that he's currently serving. There's a, now crazy amounts of calls to invoke the 25th Amendment. Now, those were happening when Donald Trump was in office. It was ridiculous then, but this is a much different situation. The quote-unquote 25th Amendment calls when Donald Trump was in office was because people didn't agree with his policies and politics, which, you know, it's fine to do. You can't say that he's mentally incapable. That's ridiculous. But after watching this and seeing what Joe Biden was saying about the stage direction that he was given, there's, there's reason for people to be skeptical and calls for the 25th Amendment to be invoked. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who again is a pretty partisan dude, I'll admit that, but also officially called for President Biden's resignation over this entire situation and the attack that happened yesterday. Now remember, we wouldn't be in this situation if the Biden administration had a more organized plan and structured exit from Afghanistan. But Joe Biden and his administration put us in the position that we're in. And now, unfortunately, we're seeing the consequences of those decisions that were made in the White House and in the administration as a whole. Um, the fact that he's saying the marching orders uh, from the paper and whoever they are telling him who to call on is just not good. Uh, anyways, uh, he goes on. This is another weird question thing that he asked the Associated Press. Um, Amir, Associated Press. Thank you, Mr. President. You have spoken, um, again, powerfully about uh, your own son and the weight of these decisions. With that in mind, and also what you've said, um, Weird that question. the longer we stay, the more likelihood that there would be a major attack. How do you weigh staying even one more day considering what's happened? Because I think what America says matters. What we say we're going to do in the context in which we say we're going to do it, that we do it, unless something exceptional changes. So this was weird because he said what America says matters. Well, the United States has made several promises of retribution before and haven't backed them up. Remember, not to go back in time and play the blame game, but remember Obama said there's a red line in the sand with Iran. And then they did whatever they wanted and we didn't do anything about it. When America, his, historically, we've been able to keep our word, but in more recent political history and recent presidential history, what comes out of the White House in terms of communication to foreign actors abroad hasn't been that we're going to back up everything we say. President Biden here is saying again, first of all, the question was weird. The question from the Associated Press, was, which was the third question on Joe Biden's list that they gave him, was the Associated Press. And the, talk about an extraordinarily friendly question. 
saying, hey, you, you've said this and you've been positive about this and you've said all of these things. What do you think? And then Joe Biden, obviously, with his prepared answer that I wish was true. I like I, I wish Joe Biden was being genuine with that answer, saying that what America says has value and should be upheld because that's I, I think we could all agree that that's a good thing. If we say something that we're going to do something, especially to bad actors on the global stage, we should follow through with that if it means blowing terrorist organizations to smithereens, fine. That's that's what we said we were going to do. They knew it was coming, and we followed up on a promise. But unfortunately, the last several administrations have made promises that weren't kept in regards to bad actors abroad and crossing lines that we've set up and us not doing anything about it. Taiwan is scared out of their mind that China is going to invade them. The United States says, well, if, if China invades Taiwan, we will go to war with China. We've said, it, and we should, well, that can be debated, but we should hold up our end of the bargain. But the fact that we're not doing it in a lot of other places, the Middle East, Afghanistan included, makes countries like Taiwan, who we've told we will have your back, Probably a little bit worried. There was that British MP that was talking a couple weeks ago that says we've lost confidence in the United States to have our back. We have to protect ourselves. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe other countries around the world saddling up and bolstering their own military so that we don't have to protect them. Maybe, maybe that ultimately ends up being a good thing. But the fact that their idea of the United States is, look, we don't know what they're, they're kind of a loose cannon. They say they're going to do one thing and they do a complete other thing. That's not a good image to have on the United on, on the world stage, especially at a time where we're essentially in a cold war with China, trying to convince other countries to come onto our side. The only way we can do that is promising them things. And if we continually break our promises on the world stage, that doesn't look good to those countries that we're trying to coax over to our side. Um, this is the last clip we're going to play. Uh, it's a rather long one. This is Peter Ducey from Fox News. Uh, I want to play the whole clip because um, Joe Biden goes on to blame President Trump uh, again. Says, I take full responsibility. The buck stops with me. But also it's Trump's fault. We'll discuss after this. But here's that clip from Peter Ducey's exchange with the president yesterday. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things, you know as well as I do that a former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? 
I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Be, uh, because before. No, no, no. Wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate? The best of you or not? Uh, Peter Ducey, in case you didn't hear it, said Donald Trump is not the president. What? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed and that it is messy. That was dismal. The answer that he gave to Peter Ducey was, I take full Peter Ducey asked, do you bear the brunt or the blame. You said the buck stops with you. Does it actually, do you bear responsibility here? Joe Biden said, yes, I do. But also, and then went on to blame the former president saying that they had a deadline with the Taliban. The Taliban deadline was May 1st. And they agreed that they wouldn't attack American forces. And that was put in a year in advance. Look, dude, in case we forget, Joe Biden came into the Oval Office and changed a bunch of stuff from the previous administration. The border policy is completely the opposite of what it was supposed or what it was. The the border policy completely changed under President Joe Biden. Crime, attitude to crime policy has completely changed in this administration. Funding for different projects around the country has completely changed because Joe Biden wanted to change it. So saying that, well, we just couldn't, this was the one thing you couldn't change? This was it. This was the one thing. You came in and changed everything else that you were able to do legally from the Trump administration, but this was the one thing that you couldn't change anything. Give me a break, dude. Peter Ducey calls him out and says, well, Donald Trump is not the president. Yeah. Joe Biden, if you're if you're if you were so worried about this happening, because again, Joe Biden last Friday and then in several addresses this week has said, look, we could have seen this happening. This was going to happen. But unfortunately, our hands were tied by the Trump administration. BS, dude. You can't continue to blame the former administration, especially since you changed everything that you were legally able to do, maybe even illegally able to do that they that the former administration had put in place this is the one thing that president biden said oh this was just in place and there's nothing we can do about it no man renegotiate you're the president of the united states you have a secretary of state you have a state department you have the pentagon you have the military joint chiefs of staff you have everybody on your side wanting to do whatever it is that you want to do. The president gets to decide foreign policy, by the way. That is solely up to the president of the United States. There are advisors. There are people that give their input. There are military experts. There are people in the military. There are people out of the military. There are civilians. There are a bunch of different people that input their advice to the president. But at the end of the day, the president of the United States, as the commander-in-chief, gets to decide foreign policy for himself or herself. That's just the way it works. So blaming the former administration for having a deal set up with the Taliban, it just doesn't fly, Mr. President. It just doesn't. But he's still continuing to blame Donald Trump. The buck stops with me, except for it's not my fault. Um, whew. This is more just, yeah, you don't want to be in this situation. 
Um, I'm going to read from the Wall Street Journal really quick about the actual attack. Hundreds of Afghans picked their way on Friday through the carnage left behind by the previous day's suicide bombing. Now, remember, our Marines went right back to work. The resolve of the U.S. military, especially abroad and especially in tense situations, is unbelievable. We, we are far and away the best. We, we lost 13 good soldiers yesterday. But within moments, reports say, we're back at it. Because that's what the American military does. Um, picked their way through the previous day's deadly suicide bombing outside of the Kabul airport in a last-ditch effort to flee the country as the U.S. and its allies rushed to complete their final evacuation flights. The official Afghan death toll from the attack claimed by the Islamic State was expected to rise above the current figure of 90. Sorry, I got that wrong earlier. I just flipped that upside down and said 60. It was 90. However, one hospital alone in the central center of Kabul said that they've received 145 bodies of people killed. So that number of 90, that official number of 90, is expected to rise substantially likely. The U.S., which lost 13 members of its armed services, vowed a retaliatory, retaliatory strike against the Islamic State's local offshoot known as ISIS-K. Um, like we were talking about earlier, former CBS military analyst Mike Lyons said, great, I'm glad that we said that. We have zero ability to do that. Um, this might be a little bit partisan, but here you go was talking to a good friend yesterday, and he said, this is what happens when you leave liberals in charge of things. They look at things the way they want them to be rather than the way they are. Because they want them to be true, they just operate on that assumption. Some things just suck. And it's an unfortunate situation, but it just does. Joe Biden against, according to everybody reporting on this, against the advice of all of his military experts, decided we were going to pull out of Afghanistan no matter what. Because he wanted to do it. Because he thought that was... Now, again, for being fair, Barack Obama said that. Donald Trump said that. The difference between those two, where they were convinced by the military that, uh, maybe this isn't the best idea. We only have 2,500 troops in there. There haven't been a lot of combat deaths in the last several years. Maybe it's worth it to just keep people there to keep peace in the area. Whether or not we should be doing that is a different discussion. But President Joe Biden flew in the face of everybody and decided this is the way I want it to be. And this is how it should be. Um, there was a pundit yesterday saying what the president should have said, what any president should have said, what Barack Obama should have said, what Donald Trump should have said, what Joe Biden maybe should have said is, Look, we're not going to fix Afghanistan, but this is why we need some military presence there. Pulling out entirely uh, or making it a first world country can't be the two options. They are two polar, there's, there has to be something in the middle. Uh, maybe, yeah, president should have said, look, we're not going to turn this country into a first world country. It's just not gonna happen. But at the same time, we need to keep some sort of military presence here as it's not costing us nearly as many U.S. lives as it was. Remember, previously, I think we'd only had one combat casualty in the last 
year and a half, maybe two years. This was the deadliest day yesterday in U.S. military occupation of Afghanistan since 2010. Let that sink in. Ten years. Sorry, 2011. Ten years ago. August of 2011 was the last time we've lost more servicemen in Afghanistan. Um, there had to be some middle ground. Now, again, I'll be honest, at the beginning of all of this, I was kind of like, yeah, we should pull out of Afghanistan. I, you know, I said that, a bunch of other people said that. The American people are still 70%. Yeah, we should have left. The problem is, this is not how we should have done it. Not at all. Especially the strategic errors that were made. And I don't want to be a Monday morning quarterback here and say, well, we should have maintained Bagram Air Base because I don't know what's going on. But in hindsight, it seems like a pretty obvious thing to do. Um, we're going to leave Af Afghanistan alone for a little bit. There's a lot going on um, there. And a lot, a lot of stuff still happened yesterday. We're going to try and get through these two stories pretty quickly because uh, we were limited on time. Dang, pretty limited on time. SCOTUS strikes down the eviction moratorium. Uh, SCOTUS said, hey, CDC, you don't have control over private property. Yeah, go figure. The Supreme Court of the United States told the CDC, hey, man, you're not in charge of the way landlords operate their businesses. Um, the fact that SCOTUS had to... to, to <laughs> roll in and say this is a thing of in and of itself. We've seen this over the last couple presidents. Uh, George Bush had some uh, campaign finance thing that he was like, ah, I don't, you don't know about this. And that was struck down by the Supreme Court. Uh, not Wasn't allowed to do it. There was information that he probably should have known they shouldn't have done it. Obama had the DACA thing where he he literally came out and said, uh, my attorneys and I and everybody involved in the legal field think that I probably don't have the authority to do this, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, which is, again, more power coming from the executive branch. The difference in this case, though, is that SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, already ruled that the Biden administration, that the Biden administration can't continue the eviction moratorium. But then they did it anyway. I don't know, man, you, you took an oath on the Bible saying that you were going to defend the Constitution of the United States. The Supreme Court then said, this flies directly in the face of the Constitution and you can't do it. And the Biden administration said, oh, well, we're going to do it anyway. You want to talk about impeachable offenses? Literally, the Supreme Court said this violates the Constitution. And then Joe Biden continued to do it anyway. Sounds way more impeachable then the perfect phone call with the Ukrainian president, which I'll admit was also ridiculous, but by no means an impeachable offense. Um, I'm going to bring up this tweet from Mayor Bill de Blasio. This guy is such a treat. Um, let me read you this really quick. Sorry. This from Mayor Bill de Blasio about the eviction moratorium. Uh, the SCOTUS ruling on eviction moratoriums. A group of right-wing extremists just decided to throw families out of their homes during a global pandemic. This is an attack on working people across the country and city. New York will not stand for this vile, unjust decision. What do you mean by that, Mayor de Blasio? 
Is New York City going to completely go against the Supreme Court of the United States? I don't know if you know how power hierarchies work, but that's not how it works. You don't get to just say, we're not going to stand for whatever the Supreme Court issued a decision on. And also, a group of right-wing extremists, I'm sorry, are landlords who are struggling to pay their mortgages on their properties, which is their business. Like, literally, their livelihood depends on this. Why, why are they being forced to not get paid? Now, people think landlords. Well, landlords are big companies that can afford to have people live for free. Not the case at all. The overwhelming majority of landlords are small business owners. Low-time people. I am a landlord. I have a problem currently with a tenant. Uh, the rent situation. I'm not going to go into that. But I'm a landlord. I'm not a billionaire. I can't afford for my tenants to just not pay for whatever reason. Because the Biden administration said they don't have to. Look, this is people's businesses and why their business. You, you need food. You were able to go into the grocery stores throughout the entire pandemic, and the government didn't mandate that the grocery stores give everybody free food. Yet, for some reason, they thought it was this particular business, the business of being a landlord and owning property, the government decided to say, ah, you're going to give it away for free. Doesn't make any sense. The Supreme Court doesn't agree with the Biden administration either. Um, so that's that. Now, one of the problems that we're going to have continually is that the Supreme Court keeps getting dragged into political fights because Congress doesn't do their job and they pass these vague rules. And the president and the executive branch does the same thing. They do these things that they're probably not allowed to do that flies directly in the face of the Constitution and they make the Supreme Court rule on it. Supreme Court's approval rating has been falling for the last two years because they're dragged into political fights. Now, this sh Supreme Court was meant to be above the fray. Um, but again, they continually get dragged into these political fights. We spent more time on the Biden administration's uh, mishandling of uh, Afghanistan and Joe Biden's dismal, absolutely terrible address yesterday. And again, not from a political standpoint, but again, from an aging old man who's not capable of doing the job of president standpoint. Uh, we spent a lot of time on that. So we, we've got a really interesting story that we aren't going to be able to get to today, uh, which is disappointing. Um, but just to give you a headline, we'll probably get to it Monday. Vaccines versus natural immunity. Um, Unheard, which is a British publication, had a bombshell study finds that natural immunity is superior to vaccination. We'll get more into that on Monday. We're just not, don't have the time to do it today. Uh, but that's a really interesting story coming out of a fairly respected Israeli um, group. They, they did 76,000 people they studied uh, on natural immunity versus vaccinated immunity, which could upend the entire vaccine mandates. Uh, but again, we'll get to more of that Monday. Um, if you haven't been able, go over to Daily Caller. Check out my show, Quality Control, over there. We do it once a week. We do a deep dive. This week, we're hitting King Gavin in California. Uh, King Gavin is, uh, oh, you know what? I almost forgot. We have to do meme time. 
Uh, we're going to end the week on a fun, brighter, cheery note. Uh, this, <laughs> this is meme time. This is sometimes I, I've been told that this is people's favorite part of this entire this this whole show. This whole screed uh, is meme time. So we're going to bring up some memes, uh, and we can all laugh at them together as we head into the weekend. This one is well. Let's start with this one. This is a, a, a headline from the Babylon Bee, uh, and this is just funny. Nancy Pelosi. In response to Afghanistan disaster, Nancy Pelosi begins impeachment proceedings against President Trump. Uh, hilarious. Nancy Pelosi, again, proceeded to impeach President Donald Trump twice, the most impeached president in history. Uh, we had four, we've had four impeachments throughout the entire history of the United States. Two of them came within a year of each other. Uh, so this, that, that makes this funny. Uh, it is a funny meme from the Babylon Bee, the headline being Nancy Pelosi continues to impeach President by or President Donald Trump over the Afghanistan admin, uh, <laughs> the Afghanistan debacle. This one is just a little bit unfair. Now I don't approve of this, but I just thought, being the kind and giving person that I am, some of you people out there might think this is funny. I, of course, don't think this is funny because it speaks to the senility of the President of the United States. But here it is: uh, the official portrait of the 46th President of the United States of America, Joe Biden there, looking sharp and dapper. Uh, Mr. President, would you mind turning around and facing the camera? Uh, that would be uh, helpful for us when taking your portrait. Now, again, I don't agree with this sort of slander of the United States president, but I figured some of you might think it's a little bit funny, and we want to end our weekend on a bright, happier note. Uh, so if you think this is funny, again, I, of course, don't. I, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is terrible. I, uh, I don't think it's funny at all. Uh, that would be for you. Here's uh, here's one. This is one. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Not even going to explain it. Literally everyone, if you're just watching this, this is a, a picture of uh, the American Pie saga. There's uh, the dad from American Pie, labeled as literally everyone. The son labeled as Joe Biden and the pie as Afghanistan. Not going to go further into detail on what this is or how this is funny. But if you get it, it's hilarious. If you don't, go watch American Pie. It's kind of a funny movie. And this meme will become way more funny to you. Last one that we've got for you. Uh, this one's interesting, especially uh, given the vaccine mandates that are coming down across America and people calling for people that are unvaccinated to be knocked off of health care. Here we go. Unvaccinated people should be denied health care since they refuse to take responsibility for preventable disease. And clearly the images of a fat guy eating Cheetos and a Diet Coke, uh, of course, not being healthy, which is a, honestly a good philosophical point. If you're going to kick people off of health insurance or not cover them if they're unvaccinated, yeah, maybe we should do healthcare by the BMI scale. If you're overweight or if you smoke or if you do things that are just unhealthy, maybe that's the direction we're going. I don't agree with that. I think that's insane. It's a good point, but it's a good point to be made. A lot of things that people do that they probably shouldn't do. Maybe we'll ban riding motorcycles because if you get hurt in a motorcycle accident, the insurance companies should say, well, you shouldn't have been riding a motorcycle. Obviously, that has a much higher chance of critical injury than driving in a car, so we're not going to cover you. Same point to be made. Pretty decent point. 
Anyway, that concludes meme time. Uh, now we can kind of get into the close of the show. If you haven't gone over to Daily Call or checked out my show, Quality Control, we do a weekly deep dive. This week, we're going to hit King Gavin. Last week, we hit former Governor Andrew Cuomo. The week before that, I think we did vaccine mandates. Actually, last week, we did Afghanistan. Then it was Cuomo. Then it was Afghanistan mandates. Uh, we've also hit CRT, the border not crisis, according to Jen Psaki. Uh, a bunch of other stuff that we've done a deep dive in. So if you haven't got a chance, go over to Quality Control on Daily Caller. Check it out. Uh, have some other interesting, hopeful news coming out from the Daily Caller. I've been over doing some of their uh, Daily Caller Patriots dispatches. If you're a subscriber to the Daily Caller, you can see me live and in person telling you the news of the day, a couple days a week uh, over on the Daily Caller dispatch for Daily Caller Patriots. Um, we will be back here same time, same place, Monday morning to discuss anything that happens over the weekend. If it's anything like the last couple of weekends, I will, I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, hopefully it's some better news, uh, but unfortunately I don't have a lot of hope that it will be. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Joe Bob Show. My name is Joe Bob. Follow us wherever you want to. If you missed a single episode, a single segment of the, this episode, grab it on the podcast, rewatch, share with friends, whatever you need to do uh, to catch up on the episode of the day. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. We'll see you here on Monday, bright and early, to give you everything that went on over the weekend. Thanks for watching. God bless America. You know what? This is, this is, this is, we're not, we've never done this before, but I want to get this on the air. Uh, I was just reading through the comments and I didn't have much time to read through the comments today, but I wanted to get this one on from Clumsy Banana. I don't know who you are, Clumsy. Uh, I wish you well and I like your name. Hey, love your commentary. Always seemed unbiased. Now, I don't necessarily, first of all, thank you. I appreciate the sentiment. I don't want to say I'm unbiased. Obviously, I have a more conservative leaning attitude towards things. I think the government doesn't need to be involved in everyone's life all the time. I think the, the less the government does, the better for the rest of us. So I wouldn't necessarily say unbiased, although I appreciate the compliment. I would say, though, fair. The only thing I try to do here is be fair. If there's something that comes up that I don't necessarily agree with, but makes more sense than my side's opinions, or if people that I like do things that I don't like, I'd like to be fair on everything that we approach here. So maybe not unbiased, but at least we're going to try and be fair as much as possible. Anyways, thanks for the comments. Uh, as I go through these, these are fun to get to. Maybe we'll get to more later on, but uh, appreciate it. Thanks for watching. Now back to your regularly scheduled exit from the program. <laughs>